Chapter Twenty Five of Beyond These Voices. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Beyond These Voices by Mary Elizabeth Brandon. Chapter Twenty Five finding claude rutherford the most agreeable person in a house full of people mrs bellenden took possession of him on the first evening not with any obvious devices or allurements but coolly and calmly just as she possessed herself of the most becoming armchair in the drawing-room with such an air of distinct appropriation that other women avoided it you seem to be the only amusing person here she said as he came to her side after dinner isn't it strange that in so small a party there should be such a prodigious amount of dullness have you sampled all the people there is mr fitzallan over there talking to lady waterby a musical genius who sets shakespeare's sonnets and heen's ballads deliciously and sings them delightfully you can't call them dull not while he is singing but i have heard all his songs ask him to sing presently and you will find he has brought a new batch then there is eustace lyon the poet mrs belden smiled do you know what they say of him she asked who can remember half the things people say of a genius who lays himself out to be talked about people are impertinent enough to say that he invented me that is to make him equal to jove nay superior for it was only incarnate wisdom not surpassing beauty that came from the brain of the thunderer i believe he did rave about me the year before last when i set up house in london went about talking idiotically called me a soothing gem and a hundred other ridiculous names but you don't mind you bear no malice no he and i are always chums i rather like being advertised gratis of course i treat him rather worse than my butler but i admire his genius and i let him sit on the carpet and read his poems to me before they go to the printer the poet joined them presently stalking across the room a tall slim figure with a pale lank face and long hair the composer joined the group five minutes afterwards and mrs bellenden having appropriated the only interesting men in the party sank farther back in her deep chair slowly fanning herself with her large white ostrich fan and as it were withdrawing her beauty from circulation other women might affect a little fan 
but kate bellenden knew the value of a large one when there is a perfect arm with a hoop of brazilian diamonds to be displayed i am only one of three claude said later in the week when one of the men chaffed him about mrs bellenden's favors she is a tete de leonette and at her best in a quartet one would soon come to the end of one's resources as an amusing person in a tete-a-tete he told himself that this peerless beauty might soon become a bore and he thought how much peerless loveliness there must have been in the royal preacher's palace at the very time he was writing ecclesiastes but all the same he found that mrs bellenden's conversation empty-headed as it might be gave a gusto to his days and nights during that goodwood week their trivial talk was pleasant from its very foolishness it was conversation without disturbing thought there were no flashlights of memory to bring sudden sadness a good deal of their talk was sheer nonsense of no more value than the dialogue in a musical comedy but it was a relief to talk nonsense to laugh at bad puns and to ridicule the serious side of life claude gave himself up to the mood of the moment and was at his best the irresponsible trifler the mocker at solemn things who had once been the desire of every hostess the light airy jester to keep the table in a roar the insidious flirt and flatterer to amuse women after dinner people told each other that rutherford was quite in his old form he had become horribly blasé and distrait of late as if all the sparkle had gone out of him under the weight of his wife's gold i don't believe a millionaire can be happy said the poet rutherford has been deteriorating ever since his marriage he rushes about doing things racing ballooning flying acting hunting shooting perpetual motion without gaiety he was twice the man when he was loafing about the world on fifteen hundred a year he is one of those men whom marriage always spoils replied the painter a chameleon soul that ought never to have worn fetters to chain such a creature to a wife is as bad as caging a skylark if he can't soar he can't sing i take it he will soon be out of the cage he has done two years of the married lover's business and we shall see him presently as the emancipated husband end of chapter twenty five recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c